Hello, hello, it's Kevin here. Hope you're having a wonderful afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the Mindshare Mentorship Podcast. And today I have kind of a good question from Ant Pew, actually a good question from Ant Pew, and I want to kind of uh, break it down a little bit because there's a lot of detail and nuance to it. So uh, Ant is a uh, uh, like an e-learning consultant and he specializes in helping companies create learning, uh, like um, I guess learning and transformation, so training and uh, in-house education uh, for say employees of companies as they onboard with companies and all that good stuff. So, uh, Ant and I have known each other for a long time and, uh, he's done a lot of kind of being, you know, he's been basically an agency for the e-learning world for quite a long time. And only recently has he sort of branched into, uh, first of all, building a community, which is great. And he's, he's really built a community of other e-learning specialists around him. Um, but in this particular case, doing more advisory work instead of implementation work for his, his e-learning clients specifically. So, uh, for, you know, for the corporate clients who are looking for e-learning training development. So, uh, and kind of made a couple of good points. You know, he said he was listening to a, a podcast um, with uh, Jonathan Stark on the business of authority. And uh, he said, you know, apparently there's a quote, I haven't listened to this yet, but you know, something along the lines of, you know, it takes a long time to go from being excited about the solutions to focusing on strategy. In other words, you know, a long time doing the thing until eventually you're kind of just sort of uh, facilitating, masterminding, kind of being the the guide or the, um, the advisor, the strategic advisor, as opposed to the one actually doing the work. Um, and you know, a follow on question went back and forth and I basically said, yeah, you know, you made a great point. Um, it does take a long time. I don't think I could have done my advisory work if I didn't start building websites, you know, almost two decades ago, uh, which is kind of crazy to think about. And, um, and then, you know, from that kind of figuring out freelancing along the way, starting an agency and then eventually moving into an advisory kind of role. And then, you know, now more and more kind of a, a mentor and, uh, and an education kind of role. But, um, I think it does take a long time to move into an advisory thing. And, and even when you do move into an advisory, uh, kind of a capacity, it doesn't really happen overnight. There's sort of a transitionary period that, that kind of happens, at least there was for me. So one of the things Ant pointed out, you know, so that was kind of my point to him was that like, you know, you never really leave the details completely. Like you're always going to be, um, kind of involved with the tactical implementation or oversight of those things. Uh, usually like, it's not just, I mean, at some point, maybe you get very, very higher level and you're only focused on the strategic view and not so much the tactical implementation view. Uh, nonetheless, um, yeah, I think I kind of, a couple things I said was one obviously comes down to a matter of confidence. So you have to kind of know how to produce a result without using your hands. And that's kind of the tricky part. And that's one of the things that uh, allows you to kind of free yourself up and create more leverage and, uh, and earn, you know, significantly higher incomes when you're not so focused on implementation and being in the, the details. Um, and yeah, like, I mean, with that, I think I said a few other things, but basically, you know, the better you are at getting a result for your client without using your hands, the more sought after you'll be. And that usually comes down to being kind of very specialized and, and one of a kind and not interchangeable so that people actually do want to pay for your direction, your advice, and not, not necessarily just your hands. So that obviously all that's a phase, uh, a pro like a process that doesn't just happen overnight. Now what I kind of followed up with, which is great, um, you know, he says, you know, he read an old blog post of mine, which uh, is called The Agency Model is Dead. And what that blog post was basically saying was that while there's nothing wrong inherently, there's no ethical or moral dilemma in selling implementation, ultimately the incentive of an agency uh, is to do more work. Um, so when you are selling the advice, when you're selling, hey, here's the plan, the overall, the, the and this is more of like a, a full service agency as opposed to, you know, a channel specific agency. But you know, there's kind of motivations at play. All of economics is based on motivations and incentives, right? So when you're an agency, on the one hand, you're incentivized to get results. On the other hand, you're incentivized to earn money. And the way you earn money as an agency is to do, do work. So when you're advising people on the scope of the work, even if you are trying to downsell, 
which many, you know, will try to sell the right solution. So this isn't even an implication that people are overselling, but the, the pull and the push is that you're as much as you want to get uh, results for your clients, you also need to get financial results for yourself. And anyway, regardless, um, you know, basically I'm saying when you're selling implementation and profiting from the advice of that implementation, you could run into sort of a conflict of incentives, not a conflict of interest, not a conflict of, uh, any moral kind of grounds or anything like that, but really just, you know, how you're incentivized to, to make money. And, that's where it gets a little bit tricky. So, um, so I guess answer like, well, you know, so, you know, I mentioned phasing into, um, in, into advisory work and not having to do it overnight. And he's like, well, how do you kind of reconcile that with, um, you know, uh, like doing strategy and, and execution work at the same time, you know, maybe for different clients and whatever. So I just want to clarify a few things. One, uh, doing both. So being, uh, being a producer, being an agency, there's nothing wrong with that. You can do the whole thing, soup to nuts, nothing wrong with that at all. Uh, getting into advisory work is great, but often I recommend adding it as a service and not, necess not necessarily doing it all whole hog. I mean, it may be very hard for you to just jump in and do advisory. Now, the in-between is where it gets a little interesting, and this is frankly how I kind of got into doing advisory work. I kind of went from being uh, an agency to doing basically like a managed model. I said to myself, look, I'm charging clients two, three uh, K a month to do their digital marketing, whatever their services mix it was at the time. And then I'm paying people, you know, 50% of that to do the work. And then maybe I'm making half of that or whatever. And I'm doing a bunch of project management and it's, it's really not that scalable and I'm not making enough money and whatever. So I said, what can I do ultimately that, that, gives me profit first. I read the book Profit First. It's got nothing to do with this. But the whole point was that with my services, how do I lock in a profit, a profit margin, and then leave all the other things for someone else to do and, and or not, not even to just to do, but like uh, allow, basically pass along my costs to the client at cost as opposed to marking up their time. So, so what I kind of came up with was, well, why don't I do basically like an outsourced pro, um, project manager slash producer so and strategy consultant. So I would... Uh, come up with a strategy and I would um, figure out the plan and the budgeting and the resources and the people to do it. So instead of marking up their time though, uh, my value proposition was I'll introduce you to these people. I will, I will produce the whole thing. I'll project manage it all. I'll provide the inputs. I'll do all the, the, the correspondence and basically do what a marketing manager might do. Um, but I'll bring all these people that I normally mark up their time with and I'll just pass them along at cost and they become your team. And I just kind of manage the process for you until you're ready to kind of hire a marketing manager. So this was sort of a managed model where I was very much kind of doing reporting myself and, you know, hands in the weeds in a lot of different areas, but I wasn't, and maybe I'd create proof of concept and I was doing a lot of stuff, but I wasn't actually, you know, implementing all these things. I'd still pull, you know, the final products of a lot of things I'd still use these outsource suppliers on. So all that is to say is on the one hand, there's nothing wrong with being an agency where you're selling strategy and advice at the same time. It's just, it creates this pull, push and pull. Now the push and pull where it gets a little interesting is, you know, clients are used to this kind of relationship. So again, nothing wrong with this. Uh, however, my experience was always that like, if I knew that the client needed to spend double the amount that they were spending, I had a hard time being like, look, I know I'm telling you to spend 20 grand instead of 10 grand. And I know that I profit from you spending an additional 10 grand instead of, uh, you know, only 10 grand. And, uh, however, I, you know, I need you to kind of trust me. And the thing about that is, is it kind of positions you across the table from your client because now they have to vet the, you know, the scope. They have to say, well, do I really need this much work or this much work? What, what can I, where can I cut corners? How can I make, save some money here and there and the other? So even though they trust you and they know you do good work and you're trustworthy, you're still kind of always at odds with your client. And I found that by being on a, like a fiduciary standard of, 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 of advice, I was able to kind of say, Hey, 
I don't care whether we spend 20 or 10 grand. However, I think you really need to spend 20 grand in this case. I obviously don't profit or make any difference in my income from making that recommendation, but I recommend we do that. And here's why. And I would break it down. And just sort of the general relationship you have with your clients is kind of like more consultative and they kind of, they, there's a lot of trust that's implicit and built into that. And they know that you're not really financially incentivized to do more than is necessary and that you want to keep costs down for them because obviously that's a, a, a good thing and you can allocate them in the best ways possible so you can get the most results for a fixed budget. So, uh, the answer to your question, Ant, and this is how I might approach your situation is if, you know, yes, you could maybe do it all for them, or maybe you decide to take that off the table. Cause I know that's not something you really want to do, but maybe you can have two options. One is like what I called, uh, what I call like a managed, um, a managed consulting option. So you'll not only consult on it, you'll also bring in these people. You'll also manage them for an additional fixed fee. Uh, however, um, you won't mark up their time. So the actual the actual like costs of development and design and creative and whatever, you don't profit on that whatsoever. In fact, you bring them in, they become the clients and you just manage them, but the, the client can still work with them directly later in the future if they want. And you've helped equip that team. Now you'll manage it for an additional fee of an extra few grand a month. Uh, and that allows you to kind of apply yourself and, you know, cover some fixed or some variable kind of work that's involved, but ultimately you still get the results for your clients. You are not profiting from the implementation, so it doesn't matter. It's like an extra $2,000 a month and you'll manage it. It doesn't matter if the project is big or small. It's just, it is what it is. I'm, I'm available. I'll manage it for an extra, whatever the cost is. Now that's the in-between option and that can work really, really well also. So if you don't want to do full service and you want to kind of move to this other model, having an advisory level that's say four grand a month uh, and then, you know, for an extra two grand deal project manage the thing is a great way to start off and go in between those two worlds while still not profiting from the implementation. So just to bring this home a little bit, when you think about say a, uh, actually I went to a nutritionist lately and, um, well, I guess this is a different kind of, usually I say, well, who do you ask for food advice, the nutritionist or the butcher? you, uh, well, if you ask the butcher, they're going to sell you meat and that's probably what they're going to recommend that you eat because that's where they make the money. Uh, whereas the nutritionist should be generally agnostic about, uh, about the food that they recommend because you know, they don't, they don't own the grocery store. I was about to go down this road where, you know, my recent nutritionist also sells supplements. So when I went to go see them, they're like, yeah, you can buy the supplements from us in our store. And here's the online store. Here's the link. And it's basically drop shipping for, you know, nutritionists or you can get them anywhere you want. But, you know, you're not really going to go anywhere you want to get them. And those products are more expensive elsewhere uh, than they would be through your through your person for like the exact same brand that is. So the question then becomes, you know, how long am I going to be on supplements and should I always get them to them? And anyway, it doesn't matter. The advice, I think, would have been better if they said, look, I don't sell the supplements, but here's where I recommend go get them. And I recommend you stay on them for a long time or not, whatever the case is. And that way, you know, there's really no incentive other than your health to recommend those things. And you're not wondering, like, do I need to be taking fish oil for the rest of my life or whatever. So anyway, it, not that you don't trust your nutritionist. The point is it, it creates, it puts the onus back on you to assess whether or not you should be spending the money and for how long and, and how much, because ultimately the person giving you the advice on what to spend it on is also profiting from you implementing that advice through buying the implementation side of things. So they get both ends of the spectrum. So again, it's not that anyone doesn't trust anyone. And I know this is a nuanced conversation and I don't want to kind of ruffle any feathers because there's really nothing wrong with doing full service and there's really nothing wrong with um, selling advice and implementation other than that pull both on the side of the the person offering advice and implementation to you know maximize obviously the revenue and, and to, to sell uh, also but just the relationship factor between the clients the experience of buying 
advice from a, from someone who doesn't isn't incentivized by anything like you know other than giving you the best advice possible but has no back-end incentive that's literally the difference between a fiduciary standard and a, a suitability standard in financial terms a fiduciary standard doesn't make money off the products and services they recommend they just manage your money and take a fixed fee a suitability standard only has to match you with you know um portfolios, funds, mutual funds, whatever that, that match your level of risk, but they're allowed to profit on that thing. So going to that example, for example, for example, would you rather pay a fiduciary who's obviously incentivized to do a great job for you for a fixed fee or work with someone who gives you financial advice, but then also makes 1% a year of your entire net worth and regardless of results, you know, so anyway, there's all these kind of factors, but I hope this really helps. (laughs) I don't know if if it is, but I think if you're in that uncertainty zone, uh, and you want to maintain that relationship of, of maximum trust with your clients and kind of be an advisor and also maybe help produce the results. Try doing that managed model instead. It costs more for you to do that, and, but it takes that management piece off their clients just so you're still delivering the work. You're just not profiting from whether it's a 20000 or $10,000 implementation. That doesn't matter to you. Your fees are X for advisory and X for management, and you can take one or both. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, you don't, you've no incentive to spend more or less. In fact, if you can bring on suppliers that are lower cost, that just helps keep your clients' margins healthy and allows you to do more work and all kinds of stuff. So, and it also, most importantly, is a better, in my opinion, better buying experience for your client because they still get the end result. Uh, and also they can trust you that your incentives are aligned and that uh, you're, you're, incent- you're motivated to just do a great job, not necessarily to, to do more than is necessary. Uh, and last example, and I'll just kind of stop beating on this drum. You know, last year I bought an air conditioner from uh, one of my, uh, just from, I needed a new air conditioner. I reached out to one of my friends who's an HVAC specialist and he recommended a brand. I had to go look for this brand. I had to go find people. Um, I was almost going to sign up with a company who who does this stuff, but the the only products that they had, because they were retailers of this of this brand, were pretty poor quality products. And at the end of the day, I wanted something that was going to last, something that's going to stick around. So I had to go to a friend, but I trusted him implicitly because he, he does, first of all, he specializes in this, but also he doesn't like, he's not the one selling the things. He doesn't care whether I actually buy his advice or not. He was just telling me the one or two brands that were the best. So, uh, so it felt better for me, my perspective, because I knew I could trust this person. And uh, that's kind of how it goes. So anyway, I know this is a long-winded and very nuanced conversation, but I think if you're going to go and down this implementation route and you want to maybe add a layer of service, consider doing a managed layer of service um, or, you know, go back and do the agency stuff. It's just, for me, my preference is be on the side of the client, not across the table from the client. And that means uh, removing <clears throat> the the profit motive from the implementation side. Now, I hope that helps. I, again, I know it's nuanced. I know you could argue that, you know, um, by doing more complex projects, you'll work with clients longer, yada, yada, yada. And therefore there might be a profit motive to do more as an advisor. So there's perfectly valid alternative perspectives on that, that being the main one. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, um, uh, I find that just the overall experience of being an advisor to my clients and not profiting from the, the tactical implementation really makes me a trusted advisor on the team. And that's what I aim for. So I hope that helps. I wanted to kind of get that all out there. I didn't have a plan for this conversation other than just share that. So um, yeah, that's it for now. I hope you have a great weekend and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon. 
Uh, just remember, if you like this group, please ask or recommend it to a friend, um, strategists, marketing consultants, and advisors, fractional CMOs, uh, all welcome. Of course, freelancers, agency owners, tons of, tons of you guys in the group and totally welcome. And that's kind of the strategy piece that I'm, that I'm working on and, um, that I'm helping with. So they're all welcome. Uh, but definitely people that are trying to sell their expertise, not just their hands is sort of the group, uh, premise. So if you know anyone who's in that category, please let them know. And I always appreciate it. Um, let me know if you refer anybody. Okay. Thanks. Bye for now.